I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Get Rich Slow Club podcast is a collaboration between Tash Etchman from Tash Invest and Anna Christina from Perla. The Get Rich Slow Club acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land we record on. From coast to coast, across land, waters and communities, we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Any advice is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs or objectives. So consider whether it's appropriate for you. Welcome to the Get Rich Slow Club podcast, where we take you from beginner to confident investor, where we can teach you everything you need to know about investing. So come get rich slow with us. In this week's episode, we will go over the most common ways to invest for a kid, what you need to consider tax wise, and we will also hear how others from our community invest for their kids. So this episode is actually inspired by a chapter in Anna's book, Kids Ain't Cheap, which dives a bit deeper into this topic. Let's get started. Do you have a money win or money loss for us? Because we're on the topic of kids, I definitely do. And it has to do with the debate behind whether I send my child to kinder, which is free here in Victoria, or to early childhood education and care, also known as childcare, which would cost money because the kinder part would be free, but then I'd have to pay money for the long day fees. So in the end, I decided to go with the kinder because it will be free for the days that my child goes. And uh, we'll be saving some money. So I'm very excited because childcare costs a lot. What's the price difference? Well, kinder is free. And so for the whole year, it would be us just paying for the after school care, which is $30 a day for those two days. I don't have the actual numbers in front of me, but essentially two days just cost us $60 a week instead of the, I guess it would be like $135 Minus the subsidy. So it depends on what subsidy you're at. It all just sounds very, very complex. It, it is complex. I also cover this in my book, not yes. to, but yeah, so it's, um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, it's, it, I'll be saving some money this year. Yay. I didn't realize how complex it was until I read your book and I was like, wow, there is so much to consider. Even explaining it is hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, you don't know if you don't have kids, I guess. Exactly. What's your money winner loss? 
I've been really struggling to think of money wins and money losses. Um, it's quite interesting when you sit back and reflect on what your favorite money win was or what was a money loss. But this one, I've been paying for Kindle Unlimited and I've been reading a lot. So it's definitely worth it for me. It's around $14 a month and I can definitely read like a book or two a week pretty quickly. So it's very good value. Well, that's less than a cost of a physical book. Yeah. yeah. And you can, it's so good because when you finish a book and there's a series, it just tells you like, here, click here to download the next one. So you can instantly get a new book. It's amazing. Oh, good win. So let's get started. A 2021 report by Founder found that 7% of children under 12 have an investment brokerage account. At Perler, we have about 2% of accounts open for a minor. Parents know it's great to start investing for kids since they have so much time for compound interest to take place. Before we dive into investing for kids, it is really important to make sure that you are financially secure. So making sure you are clear of consumer debt, have an emergency fund, and are well on your way with any mortgage repayments and that you will have enough in retirement is much more important than investing for your kids. For example, kids can always invest for themselves when they're older, but you won't always have the opportunity to save for your retirement. So if you're all set and you're ready to go, then let's jump into the options for investing for kids. There are many reasons why someone would want to invest for their child. It can be for their educational costs, for a down payment on a place, or just to give them a head start in life. Now, I know that generational wealth can be controversial, as in some people don't want to leave their kids with anything, and that's okay too. But it may be worth considering the options, especially if there is birthday money that they receive or even cash from a first job. Now, it's always best to talk to a financial advisor or accountant when discussing some of these options, but these are the main options when investing for a child. You can invest in a child's name, an informal trust or minor's account, a parent's name, a family trust, investment, insurance, or education bonds, and superannuation. So let's dive deeper into each of these. So the first option is investing in your child's name. There are a few tax implications if you invest in a minor's name. In fact, many brokerage platforms don't even give you the option, but only allow you to invest as a trustee in the parent's name, which we'll talk about in the next option. If a child is under 18 years of age and owns shares, they can only earn $416 tax-free per financial year. This includes dividend income. If they exceed this amount, a tax return needs to be lodged and they may be taxed at the enormously high rate of 66%. The reason for this high rate is to discourage parents from avoiding tax by holding assets in a kid's name. 66% is huge, massive. There are some exemptions to this, but for the most part, this option may be the least advantageous for investing for a kid. Anna, what are some of the exemptions to this high tax rate? Some of them are if the investments are funded by income from the child's work, such as part-time work, if dividend income is from a deceased estate, such as a testamentary trust, if the child leaves school and commences full-time work, and if the child qualifies as disabled. So when might someone use this option? So in those situations that I just kind of listed, that might be advantageous to use this option. Or alternatively, if you're only investing a very, very small amount, ensuring that the dividend income doesn't exceed $416. The next option is investing through an informal trust or miners account. An informal trust, a trustee account, a miner's account, or in some cases, a custodial account are basically all the same thing. Holding an account in trust for their child who is a minor. It's always complex when there's all these different words used for the same thing. And you're just like, oh, it hurts my brain (laughs) I'm getting myself confused. Yeah, this is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And similarly, this is not to be confused with a formal trust, which we'll 
talk about later. So in this case, in a minor's account or an informal trust, the parent acts as a custodian and invests on behalf of the child. And when they turn 18, shares can be transferred to a new adult brokerage account held by the child. So in this case, the parent is the legal owner of the shares and has full control. The kid is the beneficiary. There are two options when it comes to tax. Either the parent would need to claim their tax file number on the account and the income would be taxed to the parent. Otherwise, if you use the kid's tax file number, this would be similar to the first option, investing in a kid's name that we just talked about. The advantage of this approach is that usually capital gains tax won't apply when there is no change to the beneficiary, in this case, the child for whom the investments were intended. Vanessa from our community said that she decided to invest $25 each for her three kids into minor accounts under her name, and they invest in an all-in-one ETF. This is definitely something that I would consider for my kids, but I would do so maybe when they're older and can talk to them a little bit about compound interest and use maybe money from their first job to kind of set this up for them. I do like this option for them though. The third option is investing directly in your own name in a brokerage account. A simpler option is to invest for your kid in your own name, in your own brokerage account. The idea is that you track your kids' investments within your own account. You can do this by opening a new account with a new holder identification number, also known as a HIN, or you can choose a specific ETF or share that's dedicated specifically for your child. This is so you can track the gains and dividends to make accounting easier. Again, the dividends will be taxed in the owner's name. So if you're coupled, it may be advantageous to put this under a lower income earner parent as dividends are taxed at the marginal tax rate. And when you do transfer ownership of investments, so you eventually gift the shares, a CGT event may be triggered, which is a capital gains tax event. There's no way to transfer investments to your child without it impacting the investing parent's taxable income, as CGT is applied to the account owner's marginal tax rate. It may be advantageous to discuss with a financial advisor or tax accountant the best way to use this strategy, especially in regards to gifting your child investments when triggering capital gains tax. Here are some more responses from our community. Byron says, we use Vanguard Kids Auto Invest into Vanguard High Growth Index Funds. We just put away $25 per fortnight and we started after birth. Zach said, we also use Vanguard and Auto Invest into VAS under my wife and I's name, planning on giving it to them after they complete school. And Hawkins says, we invest in the lower income earner's name. We don't intend to give the kids a lump sum, but instead we want to match their savings. We're not sure when we'll tell them about it as they're only three in one, but likely we'll want to encourage them to be interested in investments. Currently we're buying VESG for them. I really like VESG, a side note. That's the international index in the international ethical ETF, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's actually funny. I also do this. I invest in VESG for my kids as well. And I opened a separate HIN for them so that I can keep it separate to my own and watch it grow over time. So this is an option. Yeah, yeah. This is an option that I thought was just easiest when it came to accounting. It was easy to set up. The only challenge is the capital gain tax and also, I guess, paying dividends. But I just wanted the flexibility. So you've opened a brokerage account in your name for your kids? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it gets pretty complex with all these different options. The next one we have is investing via a family trust or a discretionary trust. A family trust can have substantial tax benefits, but the initial setup and ongoing costs may not be beneficial if the investment amount isn't substantial. A family trust can be established with an individual such as a parent acting as a trustee. The trustee can decide how the trust's assets are invested. They legally own the assets on behalf of the trust, while the family 
members, including the children, are the beneficiaries of the assets held in trust. The trustee can distribute these assets to the children either over several years or within a single year as they see fit, respective of their marginal tax rates. However, trusts don't allow you to overcome minor tax rates. So if you distribute taxable income above 416 in a financial year, the 66% rate still applies, voiding the benefit of the trust. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hence, it may be advantageous to talk to an accountant or financial advisor to decide when it is best to distribute income from the trust. Also, if structured correctly, a family trust can provide flexibility and asset protection because the trust can invest in various assets, not just shares, but property as well, as it's considered a separate legal entity. So this strategy is typically recommended by financial advisors to higher net worth individuals or families with significant assets who can benefit from the tax advantages and asset protection offered by a family trust. Okay, the next one is investing via investment or insurance bonds. Investment bonds, which are not to be confused with bonds you buy on the stock exchange, or insurance bonds are investment vehicles that provide tax benefits to those who want to invest for 10 years or more without touching the money. After 10 years, you can withdraw your investments tax-free. While your investment is growing, any returns you earn before the 10 years are up are taxed at 30% and are not included in your tax return. They are actually taxed within the bond. With an investment bond, you have flexibility to choose what to purchase within the bond. Generally, the investment bond provider has a range of index or actively managed funds to choose from. There are some things to be aware of when it comes to this option. For example, the 125% rule. This means you can only contribute up to 125% of what you contributed the previous year. For example, if in the first year you contribute $1,000, the next year you can contribute up to $1,250. But if you don't make a contribution one year, you will not be able to contribute in subsequent years. The reason being 125% of $0 is $0. To contribute again, you'll either need to restart your 10-year period or start a new investment bond. Another thing to note is that investment bonds don't benefit from the 50% exemption on capital gains tax for holding assets more than 12 months. Therefore, it may be worth planning ahead of time and running the numbers before choosing this option to see if it's advantageous in your situation. Picking the right investment bond can be complex and costly to change, so it may be worth talking to someone about this to find out what's best for you and your child. In most cases, you can set up a bond for a specific child, but parents usually act as the owner and then transfer ownership at a future time. 
Just make sure that the bond provider allows transfers. So when would someone actually use this? Potentially someone who is a higher income earner and doesn't want to add additional dividend income affecting their taxable income or to trigger their capital gains tax. This option may be advantageous for grandparents who are doing estate planning and are considering a gift for their grandkids. One of the responses from our community was, I do the investment bonds for both of our kids in our names. Their 10 years up will be in 2024 and the kids will be 17 and 20 thinking it will sit tight till a large investment comes up, a property or something else. I also started their share accounts as in trust first, and we changed over one already as they are over 18. Pretty easy peasy. I've had it for four years and tax time for me was pretty painless. That's good to know that it was easy because some of these sound pretty complex when I'm just sitting here reading through them all. They do sound complex, but it is just a matter of figuring out the tax side and what works best for your family, which is why it's good to talk to someone. It definitely sounds like it's a good idea to talk to someone. The next option is investing through superannuation. This strategy is less known, but it is worth mentioning. Super is one of the most tax-effective structures with before-tax contributions being taxed at the low rate of 15%, which is usually lower than an average person's marginal tax rate. Therefore, there are two ways parents can invest for their kids through a super. The first way is to invest in their own super, and eventually when the parent can meet the conditions of release, they can access the money and gift it to their kids. The other way is once the kid has started working and has their own super, then the parents can contribute to their super account as well. The downside of this strategy is that the kids wouldn't be able to access this until their retirement age or possibly to access the first home super saver scheme. So this may be a risky strategy if the child doesn't want to access this or wants to access the money prior to retirement. The other thing is that legislative rules can change and there are even restrictions on minors opening super funds. So this option does come with some caveats. I think for me, this is not an option that I would explore because of the long timeline. And similarly, when I think of um, the trust option as well, like doing a family trust, it just seems like there's so much accounting and cost that goes into those. So there were some that were on my list where I was like, I don't want to do that at all. You know, like I don't, our family doesn't have millions of dollars to pass Mm. down. So some of these options were just not of interest to me. Especially the super one. Like I'm a bit on the fence about adding to my own super fund because I feel like retirement is so far away. I couldn't imagine putting that in your kid's super fund when they're what one or two and they've got 65, 70, 75 years left before they can access it. It might be different though. You might feel differently if you're an older parent and your kids are, you know, getting to 19, 20 years old and you're retiring, you might want to invest in your own super and do that. So there's a lot of pros and cons for them because it really depends on if your kid is one or two or if your kid is 16 or you might have a 30-year-old kid that you want to do something yeah. for, right? Or what they want to do with the money as well. Like, do they want to buy a house? Yeah. Are they eligible for the first time super savers game? Lots to consider. So let's move on to the fun part of this conversation, which is taxes. It's important to do tax planning before investing for a child as there will be tax implications regardless of what option you choose. Taxes can't be avoided in any of these scenarios, but it is worth considering who will be taxed. Is it the parent or the trustee or the minor? It's also worth thinking about how long you're planning to hold the investments for, as some options are optimized for long term, such as super or the bond option, which is for 10 plus years, right? Remember, if you invest in your name or other trustee, all earnings, including dividends and capital gains may be attributed to you. 
Therefore, if you are planning on investing in the parent's name, it may be worth considering investing in the lower income earner's name. Remember, if your child is under 18 years of age and you choose to invest in their name, you may need to lodge a tax return for them if they earn more than $416 through their investments. The ATO website explains this in case you need more information in regards to your child's investments. When investing for your kid, just remember that taxes will most likely need to be paid at some point on dividends, which is income tax, and when investments are transferred, which is capital gains tax. Investing for your child is a fantastic way to grow their wealth, but it can be complicated. And I know we've said this a few times, but go talk to your accountant or financial advisor so that you can avoid any complications in the future. Because there seems to be a lot. Not to make it overwhelming, just seems like there's lots of considerations. So we do have a few comments from our community and we've got one from Tanya. We opened a bank account and set up a direct deposit each month from when they were born. Instead of receiving an overwhelming amount of toys, family gave cash and we deposited into the account. As the balance built, we put the money into term deposits and kept adding and rolling it over. The accounts were in my name, which meant I also had to declare the earnings at tax time. Some of these were from our Facebook group. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, but we've got a Facebook group. So it's called the Get Rich Slow Club. So come and join us on Facebook so you can be part of these discussions too. The next one is from Roland. They said, I'd love to invest for kids once I have a clear understanding of implications and options. At the moment, I've got two sub accounts in each kid's name that are just linked to offset our mortgage. We auto transfer money weekly into those accounts. Birthday money and anything else goes straight into. Whilst they're not getting big interest, it still offsets the mortgage and I have a clear view on how much they have. I love this option because even though it's not invested, it's helping the family offset their mortgage. But the best part of this whole thing is that they're doing it consistently. So it is creating momentum in the sense that they're flexing their money money muscles by constantly transferring it over and not just forgetting about it until a future date. So I love this that they're doing this. Yeah, and it seems like a simpler option as well where you can see everything in the offset account just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Let's finish off with some actionable steps. The first one, research which option is best for you and your child. The second one is talk to a tax accountant or financial advisor if you have any concerns regarding the investments for your kids. And finally, just get started. I know some of this can sound a bit overwhelming, but take advantage of time and compound interest. It's your best friend. Yay. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, bye. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. If you found this episode helpful, please rate us five stars, write a review, or share with a friend. If you're new to investing, make sure to listen to our first 10 episodes. Follow us at Get Rich Slow Club or Tash at Tash Invest or me at Anna Christina. This show was brought to you by Natasha Etchman, who is an authorized representative, 12-99881 of Guideway Financial Services, AFSL 420367, and Perla, who is an authorized representative, 128-1540 of Sanlam Private Wealth, AFSL 337927. Knowledge is power, especially when it comes to investing. So make sure you check out our financial services guides and read the product disclosure statement and target market determination for any investments you're considering. See our show notes for more info.